Well, I want to uh, add my greetings to you, whether you're joining us online or you're here in the building this evening. My name's Scott. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. And uh, my wife, Debbie, is going to read part of the Christmas story to you now. Reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, make a careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Why are you here today? Maybe it's just a traditional thing that you tend to do. And we have many traditions at Christmas, all all of them, in fact, pretty good stuff. Perhaps you're here and uh, you're the kind of person that likes to decorate like most people do at Christmas time. And one of your traditions is to decorate at a certain time and in a certain way. Maybe you're the kind of person that just has to have eggnog at Christmas time. Maybe you open your presents in a certain manner and in a certain way, one at a time or just free for all. Maybe you make nuts and bolts. Maybe you make a prescribed meal that you have at a certain time every year. Maybe you watch Christmas movies. Maybe you love to listen to Christmas music. Maybe you do the Advent calendar. And maybe part of your tradition is to go to church on Christmas Eve. Again, like I said, all good things. But just maybe the reason you're here tonight is because you're like the Magi that she read about, or as we often call them, the wise men. And the role of the wise men was to listen. 
and to look and to search. They were on this sort of magnificent search for hope. And why did they, why did they make this really extensive journey? You know, there's a time in history, there's about a 400-year segment of history between when the 39 books of the Old Testament of the Bible concluded, and then even though things were going on, nothing was written from a biblical perspective until the New Testament era, which we actually live in now, began. And so there's this 400 years of time that people will describe in ways like this was the time when God was silent. But of course the reality is is that even though it might have seemed that way, he was still at work and he was still powerfully present. And all during this 400 year time, people were listening, People were watching, people were searching for the fulfillment of the promises that had been talked about many times in the Old Testament era. And one of the things they were watching for was something we call a prophecy. A prophecy prophecy is something that hasn't taken place. This is the primary understanding of it, but it's going to come. And one of the prophecies of the Old Testament comes from the book of Numbers, and it's like this. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. And then in fulfillment of that promise, one of the verses Debbie just read to you that was actually being quoted from the book of Micah, there's a fulfillment of this as the wise men are watching. The wise men are learned individuals, and they have studied this stuff in the Older Testament, and they are watching for the signs. They're watching for this special and unique star, and they know that there's something incredible at the end of it. And when it finally appeared, even though they didn't know if it would appear during their lifetime, when it finally appeared, they dropped everything and they moved towards the star. Because they knew that at the end of the search, there was this incredible gift that they would find. And there's great hope for them attached to that. And one of the things that, if you're at all like them, One of the things that was key is that they began this search with expectant hearts. And I wonder if that might be one of the reasons that you're here tonight. Because, let's face it, it's been a tough 21 months. And you might be on a bit of a search. A search for hope. And for, at the very least, the last almost two years now, have been deeply disorienting. And for some people, incredibly difficult. And perhaps you're one of those people that have experienced significant loss. And when the wise men at the end of this incredible search found what they had been led to look for, they responded to it. And we've been singing about it and talking about it, if you've taken note as we've been going through this service. And at the end of this little talk, I'm just gonna give you a gentle invitation to respond as well. 
our best guess as we read the text, this historical document from verse seven and verse 16. Debbie just read up to verse 12, but in verse seven and verse 16 is that about this search might have taken upwards of two years to take place and to be fulfilled. And so these guys are gonna go on this tremendous journey and it, it had different elements to it. It was a long journey. There was great distance that they traveled. Likely coming, and this is just an educated guess, likely coming from modern day Iraq, perhaps as far east as Iran. And they would have been traveling several hundred kilometers over wilderness-type territory and desert-like conditions at time. And they arrived in the area of Jerusalem, which is where Bethlehem is, not far from Jerusalem. And to make this incredible trip of this incredible distance, they show significant faith. Because all they did, they did all this based on just some very... um, small amounts of scripture that specifically told them what would happen and a star in the sky. And I wonder what kind of a journey you have gone on today or perhaps in this last year. Maybe in some sense, and it's kind of hard to put into words, you've almost felt drawn to this event. Did you know that the Bible promises that that will happen. In fact, Debbie and I were reading through the book of John in the last few weeks, and in John chapter 16, there's a promise. It says the Spirit of God draws people to the gift. The Spirit of God points out truth to people. The Spirit of God triggers within them a desire to be in relationship with the gift. And so I believe that absolutely the magi, the wise men, were wise men. They were astute individuals, but it wasn't just, they didn't just make these decisions to make this kind of journey based on their education. They were drawn at the same time by the Spirit of God. And just maybe, in a way that's hard to put into words, the Spirit of God has been drawing you. So they go this great distance. But there's also significant difficulty on the trip. Try to imagine, it's hard for us in Canada. We understand great distances, but we're not really familiar with the terrain. I've been privileged to be in that part of the world a couple of times in my life. You need to know it's pretty harsh conditions. There's extremely minimal amounts of water. You have to plan carefully for your trip, otherwise you will die. They didn't have any maps, and the GPS on their cell phones was not working. They knew that they were gonna be away from their families and their homes and their friends and their vocations for a long time, an arduous journey. But they were searching for hope. And it could be that the journey you've been on has been really difficult too. They also made this trip despite the danger. This was a dangerous trip. 
They would, they would have had to have an entourage, a caravan with them to protect them and make meals and all of those kinds of things. There were numerous thieves on this journey that might have harassed them. They were traveling through the territory of foreign governments who, especially in that era, did not think twice about enslaving people or killing people if they were found on their land. They probably, the route they would have taken them would have taken them through the nation of what's called the Nabataeans. They're no longer around. The Nabataeans um, in the southern part of Jordan around the area of Petra, you would pay large amounts of money and resources to the Nabataeans to give you supplies and give you safe passage through that route. Eventually, they arrive in Israel and they head towards Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem, they have another dangerous encounter because they have interactions, the text says, with Herod, whom Rome, which was the superpower of that world, had put in charge. And if you know anything about this particular Herod, he was a ruthless individual. He was a monster in every sense. And if he thought anything or anyone was a challenge to any degree to his leadership, he would instantly have them killed. And when he heard that there was the possibility of another king while he was alive, if you keep reading the text that Debbie read to you a little bit further in it, you'll see that he, just on the possibility that this could be the case, he had all of the male children two years of age and under in the area where this child was born executed because he felt that much threatened. It was a dangerous trip. But when they arrived and when the searching was over, they found the gift. They found the newborn king, the most important gift at Christmas. But what they discovered was that uh, this king had made his own journey. In fact, a more difficult journey than they had gone on, a greater journey. And he'd gone an incredible distance. We're told in the scripture that he was the son of God, the only son of God, that he had become a man and came to live among us. And he did this voluntarily. And he endured the distance, he endured the significant humbling of himself to do this. He endured the difficulty of living among us. It was tough for him. And the danger of all that his life would hold for him. And he did all of this to make the relationship, to make a relationship with God possible. He did all of this and he said, not only will I do that, but I will come and I'll stand in the gap for you. He knew me before I was even created. And he said, Scott, you're gonna do sinful things. In fact, everyone does. Things that offends a holy God. Things that create this chasm between ourselves and one who is absolutely pure. And I'll stand in the gap for you. In fact, I'll have all that you have done, Scott. In fact, all that everyone in this room or online that's watching or anyone that's ever lived, I'll lay it all off on me. And when the wise men 
understood more fully the enormity of what he had done and how he had come on mission for us. The scripture says they knelt down before the infant boy and they began to worship him. And it meant what this text means in doing that is that they're not just acknowledging him as a new child or a new king, but as the son of God now in human flesh. And really what was happening at that moment is the 400 years of quote-unquote silence was broken by the Son of God. And as a result of that, the Magi, the wise men's lives were completely different. And that's how they responded to the gift. And I want to ask you, how do you respond to that? Um... If you're here simply because it's part of your tradition to do something like that, we're really glad you're here. Really glad you're here. Uh, Hope you have fun with the animals and all that kind of stuff. Good stuff. Really glad you're here. On the other hand, it could be that you're here because someone invited you to be here and you were very glad to come or maybe you came out of some minimal amount of obligation to your host. I don't know. But having come here, perhaps your curiosity has just been tweaked a little bit. Can I challenge you a little bit if that's the case? If your curiosity has just been twitched a little bit, have the courage to ask some questions. Have the courage to go and talk to someone. One of the people that were on the platform here this afternoon or there's going to be some other people kind of hanging around down the front here later when we're done in a few moments come and ask them some questions and I would encourage you to ask this specific question why did Jesus come for me another response that you might have is more along the lines of the wise men where we acknowledge him as God, where we acknowledge him as the one who came to make relationship with God possible and to take care of this sin issue that everyone has with a holy God. To say, I do believe that you are God. I do believe that you came. I believe you're a historical in time Individual, I believe you lived. I believe you died. I believe you rose from the dead. All on my behalf. And I thank you for that. And I understand now that there was nothing I could do about this sin issue. So would you forgive me for that based on what you did for me? And would you be the one, as we sing about it this time of year, as we read about, would you be my very personal savior? And then it's not just a kind of a one-off thing, one and done. It begins or launches a relationship that's every day where he shapes your life and he reshapes your agenda. And we invite him to do that. Even though maybe at the point we don't totally get what it's going to mean, we say, I'm going to trust you on this, Jesus. And I'm going to commit my life to you. And if you have made or you're about to make that decision, 
I encourage you to let someone know. Let the people know that you came with one of the people on the platform here. Maybe, just maybe, your search for hope ends today.